The following broadcast by the Kingdom Voice, Dr. Dana Carson, is made possible through DCKM Partners. Dr. Carson teaches the power of the kingdom in its original Jewish context that will revolutionize and transform your life through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Check out our website, drdanacarson.org, where you can hear much more from the Kingdom Voice. This gospel of the kingdom shall be spread across the world as a witness. I'm a witness. Would you go be a witness? In this gospel of the kingdom the good shall be spread across the world. Welcome to the Dynamic Kingdom Teaching Ministry of Dr. Dana Carson, affectionately known as the Kingdom Voice. The teaching ministry of Apostle Carson is touching the world through social media, radio, podcasts, internet, and television. We're so glad that you tuned in with us, and we know that you are going to be empowered and transformed by the powerful teachings of the Kingdom Voice, Dr. Dana Carson, as he opens the scriptures and teaches the Bible from its original Jewish context. We hope that after hearing the teaching ministry of Apostle Carson, the Kingdom Voice, you will pray about becoming a partner with Dana Carson Kingdom Ministries and help us preach the gospel of the kingdom around the world. Now please sit back and enjoy the teaching and preaching ministry of Dr. Dana Carson, the Kingdom Voice, as he teaches in this series, Kingdom Identity, Why Am I Here? DCKM Dana Carson Kingdom Ministries Everything for the believer then begins with identity because until I know who I am, I cannot do what God has called me to do. So Everything for the believer begins with identity, who I am. This is the question Jesus asked the disciples because he was now ready to advance his ministry to the next level uh, until, but he couldn't do it until first he knew who he was and second, the disciples knew who he was. Now, I want you to hear me. Jesus could not move to his next levels until, one, he knew who he was, and two, the disciples knew who he was. That's what this text implies in Matthew 16. Jesus was comfortable now in whom he was, in whom he was which allowed him, uh, him being comfortable with who he was, allowed him to endure criticism and rejection. See, when you know who you are, even though criticism and rejection hurts emotionally, it you will not uh, uh, jeopardize nor compromise nor compromise um, your uh, compromise your uh, your identity. He endured criticism and rejection, even though it was painful it didn't stop him from doing what he was doing because there was no option. He couldn't be you. He couldn't be me. Now, there was a time to come that he was going to become you and I in order for us to have access to who he was. So he was constantly charged up by the Pharisees based on uh, based upon his ability to be who he was and not like them. So because he was different and they were unhealthy, they charged him up. The Pharisees were not comfortable with him, uh, and thus they made comments that always challenged his 
identity. What man of man is this? That's what the crowds and the Pharisees, who does he think he is? What? Who has given him the authority to do this? Who is he with all this authority? I dare, I dare him to, uh, to say he forgives sin. Uh, now, Christ understood his identity. Uh, now, that, that's important. Uh, he understood who he was. And not only who he was, who he was being, who God created him to be. And who God created him to be was the key uh, to the salvation of the world. Now, that was key. That was key. That was key. That was key. Christ knowing who he was was key to the salvation of the world. Now, when you and I are unaware of who God has created, created us to be, the world suffers because of the lack of fulfillment of our assignment. We, we, we got saved or we had access to salvation because Jesus knew who he was. Others cannot have access to salvation until you and I know who we are. See, God has created you and I to be transformers and intercessors. But when we don't know who we are, we cannot fulfill our role in life. Now, I want you to understand now, identity is important. <clears throat> identity was the number one key for Christ. In theology, there is a, a, uh, a term or phrase we refer to as the messianic, the messianic secret which surrounds the issue of the identity of Christ. Who was this man? Everybody wanted to know, who is he? Who was he? Is it possible that he is the Messiah, the one that sits upon the throne of David? Identity was the issue that, that, circul that surrounded his whole life in ministry. Identity, beloved, is crucial. In fact, it is not until you understand who he is that you can become a candidate for who you are, knowing who you are and salvation. Only till you know him, until you know his identity. Uh, if you know him as a prophet and you know him as a good teacher, but you don't know him as God in the flesh, you don't know his identity. And until you know his identity, you can't be saved. This is important, and until you understand your identity, others don't get saved. Now, the issue of identity surrounded the entire life of Christ, from birth to death on the cross. Punctuous Pilate asked, who are you? Are you the king of the Jews? The Roman soldiers were perplexed at the cross when the earth shook and the clouds became dark and the veil in the temple was split. Uh, the Roman centurion God said, surely this must be the son of God. Still consumed with identity. Identity is key, beloved. Uh, the most important issue in the life and ministry of Jesus was his identity. When we discuss identity today, it is important for me to discuss what I'll refer to as the concept of dual identity, which is based upon natural identity and then spiritual identity. Because I don't want you to confound or confuse the two. 
Both aspects are important. And when you know who you are in the natural, it allows you to maximize your natural life. Thus, knowing who you are uh, involves in the natural five critical aspects of development that produces in you and I healthy self-esteem. Now, these five pillars, uh, what I refer to as pillars of identity, are crucial in both the natural and in the spiritual uh, development of identity. Every individual should be, uh, as it relates to the natural, and I want you to hear this, every individual should be proud of their family name, their ethnic affiliation, their origin and history. When people are uh, when people have a healthy sense of identity, the character of fidelity is present. When you embrace who you are and you are proud, like I'm proud. Uh, yes, I am a kingdom man first, but I'm also an African-American man second. I'm proud of who I am. I'm glad to be a black man. I'm not trying to be a handkerchief head. I'm not trying to act like I'm something that I'm not. I'm not trying to act like a European. I'm not trying to take upon their their, their ways upon me. I, I like my culture. I like who I am. It's fun being black. Now, being black can be very broke. I don't like that part. But listen, uh, but I'm a proud black man. I'm, I enjoy my heritage. I am African-American. And people that say they don't see color, that's people that have a problem with identity. They're dysfunctional. And as a result, dysfunctionality leads to role confusion. So now, the ability, uh, fidelity is the ability to accept the difference in others. Now, while being of different ethnic or uh, origination, it makes one different, but neither uh, inferior nor superior, which continues to be a crime against humanity in our country due to slavery and our world, due to geographic, uh, geography and economics. People want to control more and more and more space and money. Now, the natural identity produces temperament and personality. It gives you your nature, your Adamic nature, uh, your personality, your blood type, your blood flow, your propensities in your temperament, and then how you express those that temperament in your personality. So uh, natural identity helps to shape those things, but spiritual identity produces the spiritual man and the fruit of the spirit. So now Jesus experienced both the natural identity as a Jewish man associated with Joseph and Mary and his sisters and his trade, all of that's listed in Mark 6. Uh, when the people knew him about that, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph and Mary, the carpenter's son, the carpenter and his brothers and his sisters? He was known, his identity was known in the natural by his family, his trade. So however, Jesus is seeking uh, not those who know him after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now, the spirit man is a different version of the natural man. Paul says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new. Now, that word new, kainos, uh, is the Greek term kainos. 
It speaks of being qualitatively new in contrast with another Greek term, uh, neos, neos, which means temporarily new. So he says that he is a qualitatively new. When you're in Christ, you become qualitatively a new creation, kathesis, uh, uh, which speaks of being found or new or it has the idea of colonization. It's almost like you've been colonized. You are a new creation. And it says, old things have passed away and all things are, are becoming new. Now that word becoming in Greek, genomai, it means all things are beginning to be. All things are coming into existence. And this is what we call in Greek, a perfect tense, which means uh, they became and they're still becoming. And so there is like this abiding presence of always becoming new. And so we know then the spirit man is a new man. So we understand we have the natural, but then we have the spiritual. Now, in order to understand, though, the identity of Christ, we must understand his natural identity first if you have followed my ministry at any level, you know I place a strong emphasis upon understanding the kingdom of God in its original Jewish context, not becoming Jewish, not putting on Jewish garments and, and so forth. That's not what we're talking about. Now, in order to understand the scriptures, we must understand them within their original context. The scripture declares to, uh, to us uh, that it came to the Jew first, then the Gentiles. So hence, in order for Gentiles to understand the faith, we must do so through the lens of Jewish background because Jesus in his identity was Jewish. The scripture does not hide the fact that they are written within a Jewish context. Jesus was not a Christian. He, he, he was a Jew. He studied Torah, the prophets, and the writings of the Old Testament. He read the Mishnah, the oral traditions of the rabbi. He studied the Talmud, the commentary to the Mishnah. He studied Midrash, the rabbinic commenta uh, commenta uh, commentary on the law and the prophets. He went to the temple. Uh, he, he participated in synagogue. He practiced the law of Moses. Thus, Jesus' natural identity was Jewish. Now, this is important because it serves as the substratum of understanding the message of God. That's the reason I tell you we have gotten in trouble and strayed from God's word because uh, we tend to look at the scriptures from uh, the five watershed perspective, uh, Romanization, Europeanization, colonization, and westernization, and uh, Americanization of the gospel. And it jades, uh, it jades our understanding of the scripture. These things become important because we have to understand that his Jewish background was important. A natural, natural identity uh, is important. All of our natural identity uh, is important in terms of prophetic purposes. Every ethnic group has a prophetic purpose. Now, our text is a text of identity. 
crisis in the Roman province of Caesarea Philippi, surrounded by a panoply of Greek gods. And he asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Identity was crucial in the life and ministry of Jesus and is crucial in our life. At birth, his identity was confirmed by the Holy Spirit to Joseph and, and, and Mary. His name was given, his gender was expressed, and his role was expressed. His name is to be Jesus, for he shall save the world from their sin. Matthew 1 uh, and 20 and 21. This statement provides his name, gender, role, and the creator, Holy Spirit. Now, his identity was made known uh, to both Mary and Elizabeth in Luke 1, 30 to 33, uh, verses 39 through 45. His identity was confirmed by the angels to the shepherds, keeping watch over the flock. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. That's his identity, Luke 2, 9 and 11. You gotta stay with me here. You gotta get this. His identity is made known to Herod. He that is born king, he that is born king of the Jews. Matthew 2 and 2, speaking to the, the Magi, speaking to Herod. They confirmed his identity to Mary as, a, as, a, as a, uh, uh, Jesus was a young child. In Matthew 2 and 11, they bring him gold, that which acknowledge his kingship, frankincense, that which acknowledge his deity and priesthood, and myrrh, that which, which acknowledge that he would die for the sins of the world. Dr. Carson, why so many references? Because you must understand how important identity is because your purpose is tied to your identity. And if you don't know who you are, you can't do what God has called you to do. So let's dig just a little bit deeper. Jesus' identity is key. Now, Erickson talked about his fifth stage of psychosocial development uh, beginning at the ages of 12 to 18. Well, we see Jesus emerging at the age of 12. That wasn't coincidental. It was an identity issue. He, it shows us his identity was beginning to be shaped based upon his Jewish culture and background. The age of 12 is what was called today a bar mitzvah. It was a Jewish rites of passage demonstrating his passage from childhood to adulthood by demonstrating proficiency in the law or Torah. We only see him at the age of 12. Why? Because the scriptures are establishing for us his identity. For his identity is tied to his purpose. Please hear me. Your identity is tied to your purpose. You don't want to live life, and when life is over, you never were who you were intended to be and never did what God told you to do. And then you hear the words, depart from me, for I never knew you. What does that mean? 
I never knew you. What do you mean you never knew? That ain't the you I created you to be. You became something that I did not create you to do. And then you did things that I did not assign for you to do. So he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. Now, you don't want that to happen. Christ's Jewishness, listen, identity, Christ's Jewishness is tied to his purpose. If you don't understand his Jewishness, or deny it, you cannot know him. Because his identity and his role is is, is tied to uh, his Jewishness. Now, the scripture states that he came to his own and his own received him not. His own is identity. It's letting you know his identity. Jesus, based upon his Jewish culture, did not, did not emerge to begin his ministry proper until the age of 30. Now, that that is tied to his Jewish culture. Jewish men were not thought to enter to their spiritual vigor until the age of 30. And at that point, they then could serve in the temple and the synagogue. Thus, Jesus, the son of man, was a Jewish man in his natural identity. Now, his cousin, John the Baptist, who recognized him when they both were far off, uh, he recognized him when he was in the womb, but now he acknowledges his identity. And when he sees him afar off, he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Then Jesus is baptized and he's provided five confirmations, which included in those confirmations was identity. And these uh, 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 and these things are critical for you and me, both in natural and spiritual. These are what I call those five pillows. He heard the voice of God in the baptism saying these words. One of the most powerful uh, sentences in scripture. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This one statement provi provides five fundamental aspects of a healthy person. Security, belonging, accepting, ide acceptance, identity, and affirmation. I mentioned them up front in Erickson's because I wanted you to capture them. So now these are, you know, I say it like this. These are better than the Jackson 5. Now you have to know how much I love the Jackson 5 to understand. I say these are better than the Jackson 5. These are the critical five. The most pivotal of these is identity because it determines who you are. Now you have to be secure and God gives Jesus security in these five statements. Uh, he gives him a sense of belonging. He gives him a sense of acceptance. And before he even does one thing, God says, I'm pleased. And so you don't have to go through life trying to show me who you are and prove to me that you can be something. I'm going to prove to you. You're going those kinds of things. See, that's unhealthy development. When you have that in the natural, it causes you to become dysfunctional. And when you have it in the spirit, it causes you to become dysfunctional. When you, uh, when you come to God, God gives you that security. 
And, you know, security is normally in the natural something that the baby gets from the mother caressing, holding. The baby starts off seeing themselves as an extension of the mother. They don't even see themselves. They don't know where the mother begin and they end. They get that, that security and then they get that sense of acceptance. And the Bible says we've been accepted in the beloved. And so you have to feel that sense of acceptance and then uh, belonging. This is my beloved son. This is my, he belongs to me. He's, you have a family, belonging. And that is something that the community, the family, the mother and father does together. And they make, they help the child to feel that sense of belonging. <clears throat> and then identity. That is something that the father serves as the primary uh, person to help with identity. That's why you're given the name of the father, etc. And then it's the father that uh, gives affirmation, tells you I'm well pleased. See, so Jesus is given his identity from his heavenly father direct. Joseph and Mary provided that at his birth, but now at the baptism, which is the birth of his ministry, the uh, the father provides him identity, who he is. After he's given his divine identity, he's now driven into the wilderness. Thank you for listening to the kingdom teaching of Dr. Dana Carson. If you would like to hear this message in its entirety, visit drdanacarson.org slash radio. If you would like to know more about the kingdom and your faith, we invite you to enroll in the Kingdom Bible University. Check this out. Studying the Bible can be challenging if you don't understand what you're reading. The Ethiopian eunuch admitted that he couldn't understand except someone teach him. As Kingdom citizens, we are called to live out God's Word in every moment of our lives. But we must understand the Word in order to do that. The Kingdom Bible University was created to help believers learn God's Word on a practical level and teach you how to live it out in your daily life. KBU desires to help you achieve the Kingdom knowledge and empowerment of the Bible that helps you enhance your spiritual life to maximize your potential. Find out more information about KBU by visiting our website, www.kingdombibleuniversity.com. Understand the Bible like never before and experience the power that is within to change your life for God's glory. Learn more about KBU today. Before we end this broadcast, we would like to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. Please repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you now, acknowledging that I am a sinner and in need of your grace. Save me, Lord. Make me clean. All that I am, all that I have, I give to you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. If you said this prayer, we celebrate with you. And we invite you to join online to further your kingdom journey at therockwoi.com and click on join online. We would love to assist you through your new kingdom life and send you a free copy of Dr. Carson's book, My New Life in the Kingdom. We look forward to connecting with you. Have you ever desired to be a part of making history and accomplishing great things? Dana Carson Kingdom Ministries is making history 
and through DCKM partners, we are accomplishing significant ministry opportunities for the kingdom of God. DCKM ministry spreads the gospel of the kingdom around the world through broadcasts like this. And if you would like to be a part of Touching Lives, partner with DCKM today. Testimonies come in daily of how lives are transformed through the power of the word. When you partner with DCKM, you help receive breakthroughs, miracles, and the transformational word of God. Would you consider becoming a partner? Your monthly love gift and weekly prayers really can make a huge difference. No amount is too small. Visit drdanacarson.org to find out more information on how to become a partner. And we look forward to the impact you can make around the world. That concludes today's broadcast. Thank you for listening to the ministry of Dr. Dana Carson. Until next time, may the kingdom of God rule and reign in your hearts and minds. In this gospel of the kingdom shall be spread across the world as a witness. I'm a witness. Would you go be a witness? In this gospel of the kingdom. The preceding broadcast has been brought to you by DCKM Partners, helping people to know God, make Him known to others, and spread the kingdom message around the world. Find out more at drdanacarson.org. DCKM, Dana Carson, Kingdom Ministry.